We are continuing the conversation on the news that there will be increased visitation starting April 1st when it comes to long-term care. All residents will be able to have regular, frequent, and routine opportunities for social visitation. Those visits must be a minimum one hour, and the requirement for a single designated social visitor will be removed to allow additional family and friends to visit. Let's bring in Terry Lake, the CEO of the BC Care Providers Association. Terry Lake, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks for having me, Jill. It's a fantastic day. Yeah, I would imagine this is the news you and many people in many of the long-term care facilities have been waiting for. What are your thoughts on what was announced? Does it go far enough? Yes, we're really, really happy. Uh, I think I can speak on behalf of uh, residents, uh, their families, but uh, also, of course, operators and all all people who work in long-term care and assisted living. To, to be able to have social engagement within um, those residences is fantastic. Uh, but to have, you know, more visits and to have your grandchildren or great-grandchildren come in will make just such a difference to, to the quality of life. So we're really happy. We, we do think it goes far enough. Um, the only thing that is still a concern for us is the the lack of a mandatory vaccine for those who work in long-term care uh, or in place of that uh, mandatory rapid testing before working Uh, but um, you know that's something we'll continue to talk about uh, but uh, we're really happy with what we heard today. Uh, Dr. Bonnie Henry did say during the briefing after announcing these changes that there will be outbreaks that the good news is we've seen a big reduction in outbreaks in long-term care facilities but moving forward there will be outbreaks and we should we should accept that and know that that is going to happen Uh, is it concerning though or because everybody's had at least one dose of vaccine is that something that you think will be manageable well i think if we had mandatory vaccination uh for workers uh, the chance of an outbreak uh, would be uh, almost reduced to zero um so you know it is a bit of a concern but as we saw in cottonwoods that uh, where the virus made its way in because of the vaccination, the, the severity of the outbreak uh, to individuals was much less than what we saw before vaccination. And so it's a matter of quality of life, you know, is the risk of, uh, of an infection uh, uh, and a mild illness uh, greater than uh, the quality of life improvements that these visitation changes bring. And I think, you know, we've we've kind of tipped the balance too much on the risk side and not enough on the quality of life in the past. So uh, a return of that balance is, is very welcome, I think. Was it mandatory for residents to get the vaccine? No, it's not. And uh, But we saw much greater take-up among residents than we have among uh, long-term care workers. Now, uh, thankfully, in British Columbia, we're doing better than the, than many parts of Canada in terms of, uh, you know, acceptance of the vaccine. We know in, in Ottawa, for instance, there are homes there where up to 50% of the staff have refused uh, the vaccine. We haven't seen that level in BC, but, you know, there's probably homes where up to 20 or even 30% of, of uh, staff have not been vaccinated. Uh, and is that where do you think where you think rapid testing would come in as far as if we brought in that measure, then there would be that level of protection? Well, it certainly would help. And so now we have a protocol from the Provincial Health Services Authority uh, to acquire rapid tests and a protocol in, for which to use them. And uh, we know that um, operators will, over the next few weeks, start implementing uh, rapid testing. So it will add a, a layer of protection, but it won't be mandatory. Um, so, you know, we're, we're strengthening it, but it's 
not quite as strong as we would like to see. Uh, what about the wearing of masks? And I know this goes back to even uh, flu shots and uh, for uh, many people, or there was a percentage at least of work staff members, and I would imagine residents too, that chose not to get the flu uh, shots every year. Uh, there was a lot of controversy over mask wearing and if it should be mandatory if you didn't get the shot. Is that a conversation that's being had now if you are denying or if you're not getting the uh, COVID vaccine that you should wear or have to wear a mask? Well, the protocols currently are that you have to wear proper infection prevention and control um, equipment, uh, which includes masks and gloving, etc. So that that really is in place. And, you know, even with these uh, eased visitation restrictions, visitors will still have to follow infection prevention and control procedures, including uh, hand hygiene and and wearing masks. So um, it's, you know, with COVID-19, the the, the virus is, is worse than the flu, um, and the vaccine is better than the flu vaccine. So it seems to me that uh, looking at mandatory vaccination just makes much more sense for COVID-19 than any other illness that we've seen in the past. Uh, I guess, too, though, one of the arguments against that, and Dr. Henry's been asked about that, I think, since the beginning of this pandemic, and she's always said we are not a society that has mandatory vaccine. There is the freedom uh, to choose. And would it be fair to say to a certain group or a certain profession that you must get this? Well, um, I think if you ask the person on the street, most would say that if you're working in long-term care, you, you assume that you have to take every measure that is uh, available to protect the people whom you look after. And uh, if, if you don't want the vaccine, then then uh, daily uh, rapid testing, which is non-invasive, which can be done very easily, would be an alternative. So we're not saying that it's one or the other, but, you know, there should be a process in place uh, to provide the greatest protection possible. And if the province isn't going to mandate that, uh, there's certainly a school of thought that says the individual employers uh, can make that a fit-for-work requirement. So we, we have, we've seen some arbitration uh, in that area uh, on on the side of uh, mandatory vaccination. And we've seen the Canadian Medical Association last month come out in support of mandatory vaccination. So I think there's a strong argument to either have vaccination or mandatory mandatory testing in place uh, to protect our most vulnerable. Uh, the changes announced today, again, starting April 1st, also include that uh, residents of long-term care will be able to resume communal dining uh, with a small group or a social group in, in their long-term care facility, as well as recreational uh, activities. How important is that for quality of life? Oh, it's it's everything. I mean, you can imagine that uh, someone's social circle has all of a sudden been just dismantled and 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 have been that way for over a year. You know, their friends uh, that they socialize with in in their homes has been uh, you know they haven't been able to do that. And so to be able to sit next to someone, to give someone a hug, uh, to be able to share some activities. Uh, will make just such a positive impact on quality of life. So uh, we've seen that the mental and physical health of those in care has deteriorated because of social isolation, not just from their families and friends outside of the home, but, but within the home. So this is super important.
this seems to be one of the first steps to getting back to uh, some form of normal, some form of improved quality of life. When do you think, or have we already started the conversation of how we are housing people in long-term care and making sure that what are the last years of their lives are meaningful and are good? Well, the conversation has certainly started. We've seen, you know, numerous reports come out, um, the latest from Canada's chief uh, science officer. Um, And there's going to be a deep dive into long-term care assisted living and the way uh, we invest, uh, which is lower than than many other countries, uh, the way we design the infrastructure. Um, I'm hopeful that that we will keep in mind that balance, though, uh, Jill, that we don't create hospital-like environments um, where we, as, as Isabel McKenzie, our seniors advocate, has said, immortality is not the goal here. Uh, we have to have that balance between uh, length of life and quality of life. Um, but, you know, BC, I think, has a very good um, overall long-term care and assisted living sector, uh, but we certainly can improve it. And I know this government uh, seems to be willing to do that. All right. Uh, Terry Lake, thanks for coming on the show. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jill. I appreciate it, too. Terry Lake is the CEO of the BC Care Providers Association. We're going to open up the phone lines once again. Star 9898-604-280-9898. Your reaction to changes coming to long-term care facilities. Have you been waiting to visit a loved one in long-term care?